You're listening to the Gender Reveal Party Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Pryor. This isn't your usual gender reveal party. There will be no baby sex parts. This is the real reveal, where we reveal gender through stories of brave humans willing to share their lived experience. Enjoy the listening. I sure enjoy making it. Hey, welcome back to the Gender Reveal Party. I'm Jay Pryor, your host. And I am excited today to uh, be with my friend, Ani Anderson. Hey, Ani. Hey, Jay. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to the Gender Reveal Party. So, y'all, usually I bring you people who are some sort of genderqueer or uh, something like that. We have a regular old cis, cis woman here today. <laughs> a little <laughs> nervous <Yeah>. about that. <laughs> you don't know. Don't be nervous. <laughs> And as always, or not always, because sometimes they aren't my friends' friends, but Ani is a friend of mine. And um, I would say you're one of my girlfriends, right? Thank you. Yeah, thanks. And um, that's part of the reason that I wanted to have you on the show, because we often talk a lot about gender stuff. And I know that you were impacted by my show. Obviously. Um, and so, but I also just want, and I want the world to know you and we have a lot to talk about, but I want to just let you have the floor for a minute and introduce yourself and tell people who you are and what you do and all of that. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, I'm the CEO of New Health. We own the Somatic Coaching Academy, which really is our, our baby. Um, it's uh, teaching people that you can help people to transform their lives by looking at your sensations. Uh, it's really how we tap into our complete intelligence. So that's what I do. I'm also a mom biologically of two, a bonus mom of one. Um, I live in a little log cabin, literally in the woods in upstate New York. I and that. I love where I live and I love Yay. my life. <laughs> right on. And we became girlfriends through your husband who yeah. I met quite, I mean, like I still to the, I was thinking about this because we had this interview coming up. Yeah. And uh, so, because I think about how we met is through Brian and yeah. Brian is, you know, obviously still a friend of mine. Yeah. Um, and, but I met Brian because I did a speaking content. We did a speak off, right? And he was at this conference yeah. and I was literally walking out the door. <laughs> I was, I was leaving. I was heading out the door and this guy stops me and he's the most lovely human being. I, and, and what's funny about this is Brian made such an impression on me in the five minutes I was with him because we were literally together for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This guy stops me right, <laughs> and says to me, because I'd just done this talk. And at the talk, I, in the talk, I say something like at, back then I used to say something like, you know, um, I think trans being a parent is the most transformational experience a human being can have. And I've had a sex change. I think that says something. <laughs> and yeah. Brian was like, oh, shit. That. <laughs> that. Right? So he's like, oh, my God. Being a parent is so transformational, right? And you so yeah. got me with that, that we all were able to be there. He was so sweet and generous and all this stuff. So I thought about him all the way home. I'm not <laughs> like, I, he made such an impression. And when I got home, I told Jessica, I said, I got stopped by this guy. Right. And he's so sweet. And she, she was like, what? I mean, I'm kidding, not kidding. There was a huge three days of conference and I learned a ton, but Brian's part of what I took away from that, right? Was yeah, the, well, that interaction with Brian. And um, and what he took away from you because he came home and said that exact thing. I saw somebody on the stage and they said, and I think, when was that 
Jay like eight years ago. It was 2017 because like my, my brother just died. Wow. Was it 2017? Yeah. So for us, we were in the throes of this very challenging blended family that we constantly felt like we were screwing up and constantly in some kind of conversation around. And so, you know, you're what you said there, that one line made Brian feel so human. Mm. It was so powerful. Hmm. We never know, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Brian and I stayed in touch and then I met you at like one of our real deal or something that we some conference that we attended for business yeah yeah and then when I did the show for me you were somebody who a like you shared the impact of the show with me but then one of the things for me and <clears throat> damn it um you know like uh sorry I didn't think I was gonna cry about this Whew, sorry um for me, losing my dyke card, right, was the trauma sometimes, like of uh, that decision, right? Yeah. And never again uh, being able to be seen as a woman, mm -hmm. right? So one of the reasons that you became so important to me is even though we aren't, we don't hang out, like I don't get to see you, very, you know, we don't, yeah. I don't, like. Now we've made it so we get to talk every week, and that's we've, <laughs> which is great. We check in with each other. Um, but after the show, I felt like, and you know, I'd love for you to speak to this, but especially after the show, I felt like you got to, you started to see me right as a woman. Yes. Yeah, I met you as a man. Right, <laughs> right, right, and that's how you perceived me. And yeah. then that shifted and I could feel it, right? Yeah. And uh, some of my closest friends, right, still who have been my friends the whole time and been through me with the thing and live here, still perceive me as male. Yeah, interesting. Right? Yeah. And there's that male-female dynamic that just is. Yeah. It's water we swim in, right? And that's never, you've always treated me like a woman. Like we talk, girl talk, which whatever. Right. You know, I, hate that, I hate that phrase, but. Yeah, you know no, I mean. me too. But yeah, um, right. But, you know, so you have seen me in that and that's very important to me. Yeah. It, thank you for sharing all that. When I met you, I perceived you as a man and the gender reveal party was so personally impactful in so many ways. You're right too for how I perceived you because you were telling my story up there. It oh, was, yeah. it is a, a like without words kind of thing. You were telling my story. You told a story about being at a funeral and how, I think it was a funeral and how all the women got up to like take care of the things and the men didn't. And I was like, that, again, a one sentence from Jay, encapsulates my entire growing up years. And, and I recognized that you understood me and I understood you on a level that I didn't understand we understood each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <How's> yeah. That? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in the show, I call it classically trained female 
Right. Right. <laughs> and that's then that I think that, and I, and I'm so, I feel so grateful that that has the women who have seen my show and the biggest impact I've had are on cis women who have seen that show, having them be like, Oh, what the? Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm literally trained. Yeah. Yes. I love how you say classically trained because I've been in this inquiry about what it means to be a woman for a solid 15 years. Okay. When I saw the gender reveal party, classically trained hit me in a different way than what it means to be a woman. All of a sudden I took like, oh, women do this and women do that. And that's how I grew up by watching women do this and that to, I was trained for that. It hit me on a different level that, I mean, it really has shaken up everything about my life. I think that what it means to be a woman was kind of a hobby thing that I used to do on weekends when I'd get my journal out. And now what is my training as a woman and how that plays out? And do I like it? And do I not like it? And what does it feel like? And what do I think because of it? And all that stuff is like a moment to moment every day thing for me. Yeah. 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 And I'm, I'm beyond grateful for that because I didn't realize it. And one of the things we were just talking about before we got on the recording is I still uh, all the time, all the time have these things come up and I go, Oh, that's part of it. I didn't know. My husband and I are on this, you know, inquiry together around unraveling this for me, for him, for us, for our kids, for all of us and all of our students and all the work that we do and all that together as these things continue to be revealed to me through my curiosity, really, and watching myself and watching other people. Like, is that part of it? Is that part of the classically trained female? Was I taught that? Do I feel good now because I was taught that? Do I not feel good now because I was taught that? Am I doing this because I was taught that? Like, I'm, it's, it's a constant inquiry and I'm so grateful. It's opened so many doors. Wow, thank you. Thank you for speaking to that. Because, you know, one of the things for me that was that um, Jessica and I both, to, oh, it's so hard <laughs> to listen to the way just people generalize. Because once we were started to have heterosexual privilege, and be then brought into the fold of, you know, straight people in their conversations and, you know, just how regular old binary people talk. Yep. There is this conversation that women do these things and men do these things. Well, yeah. that's how women are. Women drivers or women this or women that. And right. it used to infuriate us because especially with me standing there undercover, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. it's like, hey well, I wonder if you knew if I had a vulva, if you would still say that. <laughs> Right. Because in that in that moment, I'm not interested in sharing that I have a vulva. But if you knew I had a vulva, would you still? And what would happen is that then I'd come out and within instantaneously, they would forget and right. it would never register that I was actually a woman. Right. Right. Or that there was any part of me that was female. Right. And, you know, so it, it, it's fascinating to me. But the other thing is that I'm so blessed that you have someone like Brian, who I adore and love also, who is at least willing to start taking baby steps to see how is he classically trained male? Exactly. Because that's, I love men who are interested in understanding that training. My brother and I were just talking about this. I have for the, my Patreon folks, which, hey, this is a good opportunity for me to mention Patreon. <laughs> because for my Patreon folks, those are the people who are going to get in on these like, 
Zoom calls with my brother about gender, <laughs> things like that, because he was talking about this the other day about how he's never thought about how he was classically trained male mm-hmm. and things like always having people look at you for the answer, right? Yeah. And stuff like that. Because when that first happened to me, I mean, the very first time it happened, I was with four women. We got in a cab in Washington, D.C., and the driver uh, was from a culture that was very binary and refused to speak to those women <laughs> and only would speak to me. And I didn't know where we were going. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, that's hilarious. It was hysterical. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't know where we're going. She's the one who's going to tell. No, you know, he was like, uh-uh. mm, you are the one man. Yeah. Right. That has the answer. So yeah, that classic training and what you said before the call, which was, um, you know, the, is that there are still moments and always, I think we are unfolding them ourselves constantly. Once we have this awareness where it's like, wait a minute, this I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm back in that swirl. Right. Or, or, back or I don't that. even know, Jay. Like, right. I don't even realize. Yeah. I remember um, my uh, my husband, Brian, and I, when we were first playing our family, we used to have a terrible time at mealtime. There were things that I expected that he didn't expect or whatever. And I remember I remember sitting there thinking, I'm wrong about what I want. Like, why can't I be more calm about this? Why does this bother me so much? Why can't I just accept things the way he does and things? And it really took me years, years to start to dissect. Maybe I'm not wrong. And maybe the way he's acting isn't the ideal. Like, Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm okay. Maybe the fact that I have feelings is okay. Maybe the fact that I have an opinion is okay. Like all of these things, like it's just, it's baffling to me. And through the process, I've gained a tremendous amount of gifts. Like one of the things that I've gotten over the past 10 years of living together really has been this incredible capacity to look at my emotional reactions and choose in a way that I didn't have 10 years ago. So I'm a big fan of looking at how we've grown and where we've grown. The whole process has been incredibly beneficial for me, whether I knew what I was doing or I didn't know what I was doing in, in terms of like, you know, the gender and the traditionally classically trained stuff. And then I got to a place where I was like, maybe I'm not wrong. Maybe I think he's right because I'm used to thinking that whatever the dude does is the right thing to do. And then I'm the wrong one. And I started to try those things on. And, but it's it's this continual evolution that I don't recognize that I'm swimming in the sea until one day I get a whiff of the salt water. And I'm like, <laughs> I think that's a thing. And it's really interesting because I'll say to him, I think that's a thing. And he's like, that's not a thing. You know, the, the swimming in the unconscious like totally not being conscious of it together is fascinating. And then sometimes I'm like, no, this is a thing. And he's like, yeah, it's not a thing. (laughs) (laughs) So there's this like, we're sometimes we're both really unconscious to it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I recognize something or sometimes he recognizes something. It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. 
And then of course we go out in the world where everybody, all of my cisgender people who I hang out with all the time are like doing all the stuff. And then we're like, are they doing the thing? <laughs> yeah, you can definitely, once you become aware of it, you watch what other people do the thing. Fascinating. For sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, and it's interesting. I'm going to have some of my friends local that are some of my cis friends that are local on to talk about this at some point. But, you know, one of the things that happens to me a lot is people make assumptions because they assume that I am then mm. male. And so therefore, because they assume I'm a man that I then I a first of all, I'm incapable of anything. <laughs> right. True. You know, yeah, that. Right. And, and that used to just be so fascinating especially when we had kids because you know not only am i classically trained female but i'm classically trained female from a huge family yeah. <laughs> so i've been around kids my whole life and been taking care of kids it was you know babysitting like i say in the show babysitting four kids yeah. right off the bat um so you know it was always just maddening to me that we'd go out in public and people assume that i don't change a diaper or assume that i'm you know set of that um and i've had to like just like let people just either decide again how much energy am i going to engage yeah yeah <laughs> how much energy do i want to engage i just had this happen the other day where i said something around it was around tech stuff right Mm -hmm. And that Jessica helps me with certain tech stuff and had this person automatically assume and say to me, <laughs> yeah, you're just like every other guy where your wife. Da, 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 da. And I was like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. <laughs> I'm not really just like every other guy. And that's a frustrating assumption that you're making about me because my wife are very non-binary <laughs> and all the things we do are fluid. So this is really interesting, Jay, because it's one of the things that has really come up for me in my exploration about um, being classically trained female, this man-hating, uh, honestly, and the way that women treat women. It's yes. been a really prominent thing that I've been thinking about, like seriously over the past year, like intentionally, because I did you're, you're speaking to it right now. I grew up with people talking about how incapable the men were and really not liking them. Um, and by the way, the expectation that that was exactly where I was headed. I, it's, it, it's blowing my Isn't mind. Isn't that gross? <laughs> really? It, it is. Yeah. I had a And we expect you to marry one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because yeah, that's what's happening. Right. That's what's happening. It was, it was always, so I don't, I don't remember anybody saying to me, you're going to be in a heterosexual relationship and marry a guy and be a woman. And like, nobody ever said that to me. And I recently had a conversation with my 16 year old daughter where I was like, I think, you know, this, but I just want to verbally say it to your face. You be anybody you want to be. You marry or don't marry anyone you want to. You live with whomever you want to. You have sex with whoever you want to. Like all of those things I want to have come out of my mouth. So Absolutely, right? Yeah. It is not an expectation that you're going to grow up, get married to a guy and have babies and live in a house with them. Like that's, I have no expectations around that. Truly, truly, truly. It was the underlying thing no one ever said to me and it wasn't yeah. until really recently that I was like wow no one ever said that somehow I drank it in the water like I got that well it was what you were being trained for absolutely I mean yeah. <laughs> you were being classically trained to grow up 
pump out some babies <laughs> and Done. be subservient to a man. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Did it. Check, check the box. Checked yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I get it. Fascinating. It is fascinating. Yeah. And, and, and it was fascinating for me to observe a, how the world just dismisses women. Right. I mean, I can have, it still happens to me because I'm still perceived as male. Right. So I can go stand up at a bar and get served anytime. And there'll be women sitting there, especially if they have gray hair who've been there for a while, who are not going to get served at all. So if I want to support a woman, I go stand next to an elderly woman and make sure she gets served first. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I do that all the time. Because oh, I'm at the bar, they'll come to me while I can see she's been sitting there. Yeah. Yes, sir. How can I do for you? Wait on her. Yeah. <laughs> I always say, wait on her. Yeah. Then wait on me. I'll probably buy her a drink because <laughs> like yeah. you're pissing me off. I mean, right. happens all the time. Happens all the time. Yeah. Right. Um, so the first of all, that there is like this just dismissal of women that I see constantly, but then there's that world too where it's like. I mean, I, t- I said this all the time, the words a woman never hears is I'm so sorry, right? Like from wait staff, from everybody. And the minute you have man skin on, white man skin on, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard, I'm so sorry, sir. I'm so sorry, sir. I'm so sorry, sir. We'll get that right cleaned up, whatever it is, right? Yeah. I'm so sorry. We'll take care of that. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're hitting a chord with me because the amount of times in recent history that I've been blamed for things that are not my fault or people haven't said sorry, or th- it's just like, it's, it's baffling to me. And it's a daily practice for me to remind myself in many ways that I don't have to live my life as if I have to fight for everything. Because that's not, you and I know about manifestation. That's not what I want to be manifesting. And right. there are days this. when, right. There are days when, and moments when I am like, I'm in the, I'm in a fight, like for my life, like this is, this is the fight. And then I've got to be like, no, that is not what I want to consciously create. Right. Um, and I've had to do a ton, ton, ton of work on my nervous system. <laughs> ton 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 of work on my nervous system yeah well and i mean i might assert to just being classically trained female that women are anxious totally you not i had be anxious i I have anxiety (laughs) i I had no idea i thought that i wasn't but i was actually through the course of a a bunch of uh, therapy and coaching record recognized that my nervous system was in a constant state of hypervigilance. Absolutely. I didn't know. How do you not be? Well, as a woman, I mean, I talk about this all the time as a man, I'm, you know, like I had to learn to, I had to unlearn like, Oh, I don't need to have my fingers keys between my fingers. I don't need to pay attention to everybody who's, you know, like women. That's one of the saddest things. Trans guys. We talk about this all the time because we forget that she's walking faster. She's running away from me. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yes. shit. Right. It's me, right? Yeah. Damn, that's heartbreaking. I don't want it to be me, but yeah. women are trained. You walk on the other side. You know that's who's right. around you. It's one of the reasons that trans people have, we have such issues in bathrooms. And that it, honestly, to be, it, it is safer to go into a men's room 
because mm-hmm. men do not pay attention. They don't have to pay attention to who's around them. It's not a safety issue. They don't notice. They don't care. They're all just about them. <laughs> Whatever's going on. Women are trained from the time we're young that it's basically, you know, it's your fault if you get raped. So totally. you have, you're the one who has to be vigilant and pay attention. Yeah. Pay so attention. then how can you not be vigilant? Yeah. And then if you've had any trauma on top of that, which I don't know the statistics, but, you know, I talked about this in the show. I was coaching women from 35 to 75 and not one of them. Every one of them had a Me Too story. There was not one of them that could escape that. Yeah. I don't know any woman that doesn't have a Me Too story. I don't know one woman. And one. if you don't, if you don't, then it it's, um, you know, passed down from your parents, that did, your mother that did. Like but your mom your, did. Or your yeah. sisters did or your aunts or whatever. Like yeah. it's just, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's the water. That's the water we swim in, which is the hypervigilance. Exactly. So here's the question, right? This we want to, because you and I are both coaches. And, you know, when you say sensory and somatic, I think people, I want to make sure people understand that a lot of what we're talking about is within the body, right? That you, we we do, but we get into the body Um, and we're coaches. So how do we break the training, see the training? You know, like, how do we transform it from the inside out without resisting it? <laughs> without resisting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <Key. laughs> yeah. Key. I think one of the biggest things for me in my personal journey has been reminding myself that I'm not wrong. Because at every turn, at every turn in whatever transformation that I'm making or goal that I'm setting or whatever, as I go along my path, that comes up all the time. Mm -hmm. And it really takes a lot of conscientiousness to remind myself that I'm not wrong. It's one of the ways actually that I will pop myself out of my body. So my body can tell me what my heart really wants, what, what is in my soul. My body also tells me the ways in which I'm conditioned, tells me both. Yeah. And, you know, when you know how to navigate those things, you can begin to differentiate the difference. But being in our head all the time will just keep us out of the possibility to transform those things. So when I heard myself say I'm wrong, it just pops me right out of my body. Boing! So I need to remind myself, wait a second here. What, even if I have to say, what if, what if, you know, there is no right or wrong, of course, that's the punchline, but what if what I was experiencing is true and then go from a place where I actually pay attention? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. One of my favorite, one of my favorite things to do Jay in my work, like on a daily basis is to maybe be the first person to tell people that women that what you're experiencing is normal. You're normal. You're fine. You're okay. You're natural. This is okay. It's one of my favorite things to do. I, at the end of the day, when I've gotten to, to help a woman to really see and to take a deep breath and to understand what you're feeling is important. It's right. What, whatever body symptoms are coming up, whatever things are going on in your head, it's normal. It's natural. It's okay. All of that stuff is really, really cool. That is so cool for me. Yeah. And for me, it's one of my, I mean, it's a foundation, one of the foundational principles of coaching and giving up resistance, right? 
is yeah. first giving up that whatever's happening is wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. so we could even go, I mean, I can go a layer deeper there. We can for a second and we can give up, if we could give up that the classic training is wrong. Yeah. Right. And then if it's, if then what I'm always looking for is, is it, does it work or does it not work? Right, so if we could give exactly. up whether it's right or wrong or good or bad, then we get to look from, does it work and does it not work? Yeah. And I try to give, you know, for me, it's easy to make the binary wrong because there's so much to that. It hurts. Mm, right. And oh, so much, point. so much restrictive. I think it, I have a story anyway. My story is that it's restrictive, especially for people like me <laughs> who don't yeah. fit. I don't didn't fit in the binary. Yeah. And so um, it's easy for me to make it wrong. Yeah. And it works for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> it right. works. So, so I don't want to make it wrong, but I want to find out how we can give up. Like, how, how do we, how can we give people the freedom to actually even see mm-hmm. if it works or not for them when you can't see it? Right. So it's like that whole world of like, how do we crack it open for them? Which is what I think I hope that I'm doing with the gender reveal party podcast. (laughs) This is my whole hope. And this hope in this conversation, right, is to crack it open so they can start to see some of it. And then at the same time, then allow them to have choice. Mm, Choice. Exactly. It's those it's those things that I didn't realize I had choice and so many things. God, I mean, I'm a public speaker. I'm a coach. I've been a therapist. I've been a business owner. I mean, I'm like, by all rights and purposes, like a role model and authority figure kind of person. And I'm still learning on a daily basis that I have choice, especially around my voice and what I say. Yeah. It's crazy. It's baffling to me. It's astounding. Like, wow. I've, I, it doesn't occur to me sometimes to either speak up or to have a boundary or to have an opinion or to say something or whatever. Yeah. 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 And I think that that's, but your, and the thing I want to acknowledge you for and what we want to do, right. Is always celebrate the awareness is every yeah. time you have that awareness, you have that, you celebrate that awareness that then it's another, you're, you're starting to flex that muscle by breaking out of that training. Absolutely. And getting to the place where, like you just said, you can say, is this working for you? Right. There are things that I classically trained female do every day that are working for me really good <laughs> that I'm going right. to keep up. And right. maybe, you know, next week they won't be, and we'll have a conversation mm-hmm. about that. And that's an option. Um, I know now. <laughs> yeah. I, I have this, uh, I was with my ex-husband and I was doing the dishes. So I put the babies to bed and I was doing the dishes at like 1030 at night and I was exhausted and he was on his computer and he had been while I was putting the babies to bed while I was doing the dishes. And I was so frustrated. And I said something about, you know, you could have done the dishes while I was putting the babies to bed. And he said, you didn't ask me to. And I was like, there, am I wrong? Should I not have asked? Like all of this stuff, right? Like this was like 15 years ago, whatever, 12 years ago. And I remember after I changed my relationship, I was at the sink doing the dishes and I was feeling resentful. And Brian at the time was probably on the computer or something. And I stopped and I just walked away from the sink. And I was like, 
I have a choice to do the dishes or not. And it, it didn't occur to me that first time that that memory happened. The second time it did. And I decided to stop doing the damn dishes for a while, right? Like I was like, oh, I'm not going to do it anymore. And now I'm to the point where we flex and I can ask, or I don't have to ask, or I expect other people to step up, or I don't like, it all becomes like this kind of non-issue thing that we just kind of flex around. Um, it was a big, big, big deal. It was such a um, turning point, each of those memories for me in terms mm -hmm. of doing the dishes. Yeah. And there are so many dishes. <laughs> right. Right. And we were just talking about that earlier, like the dance that, uh, you know, a lot of times when I have a client, especially a cisgender heterosexual client that has had a pattern of like whatever this dance is in relationships, right? And that has to do with all these things. Like, you know, when they both can get that they're both dancing, yeah, right? That there is this, like, it, it, there, this classic, he's classically trained not to ask and not to, <laughs> intervene yeah. right and yeah. we've even got men classically you know like you said to make men wrong and to think they're dumb and can't yeah. do it so yeah. then you know i had women tell me flat out like i'd rather just do it myself right yeah sure absolutely right? so that whole world yeah. of, like if i do if i and then guys will tell me well i just if i try to do it i'll be told i'm doing it wrong so exactly that's a whole big dance it <laughs> <laughs> and it's a dance that we do. So we have to like everybody come to the dance or come to the knowing that we're doing the dance yeah. and the willingness to stop and say, do we still want to do this dance or do a different yeah. dance, take a different step oh. in the dance. Yeah. I like the idea around a dance because it takes some of the kind of emotionality down a notch. And it also really has this idea of like, when you're dancing, if I step forward, you step back. If I step right. back, you step forward. And right. there's, in, in my perception for, from my life experience, it's difficult with the men in my life to see that we're dancing in that if I step back, they step forward. They see me stepping back and they're like, I was just standing here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it takes two to tango. And like, hey, <laughs> and that's frustrating for someone who even, I mean, most of the men in my, some of the men in my life really take to heart their own work for sure. They really, really do. And some don't, Yeah, you know, yeah. and even for the folks who, for the men in my life who do really take it to heart to do their own work. So challenging. I, I'm, I'm even moving my body as I'm saying like this idea about dance to, to dance with being in a place where I'm coming to my own awarenesses, but not feeling like I've got to force you to see what I'm seeing. Right. Or to force you to have an awareness so that I can be free. Right. I think that's for me really recently, Jay, over the course of like the past year is it's a new place that I am where I feel like I can be free even no, no matter what you're doing. And that's a really new place for me. I used yeah, to be in the place huge. where I felt like I was only free if you understood or if right. you were on board or right. whatever. Right. But to feel like I can be free because I'm free and then maybe you'll come around to sting, maybe you won't. It's like, yeah. holy crap, that right there. So I'm so grateful for that yeah. awareness or yeah. that that ability way of being mm -hmm. in relationship with men in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's huge and it's and i love that piece where it's like it i mean it's it's where i've i'm getting to with this whole new level of self-compassion that i have where it's like the noise about my body the noise about there's so much that quiets when i am at choice when i am free no matter what anybody else is doing no matter what the scale says no matter what my bank account says no matter what my child is doing yeah. <laughs> you know, like when i'm in that you know when i'm in that i can get there i mean that's yeah that's a sweet spot it is and it's i think what's what we're all looking for isn't it? is this inner peace i mean 25 years ago when i started meditating that's what i thought i was going for was i was finally right. going to get to that feeling right and yeah <laughs> so my meditation instructor <laughs> after about five years she's like no the point of meditation is to listen to and watch the voices in your head and i was like why the hell did i waste five years <laughs> you know it's a joke but what i was really looking for was this sense of inner peace that yeah is something that I can taste as I work on my conditioning, as I work on my patterns and how right. I was trained. Yeah. Coming, coming full circle on those things really brings that feeling that I think so many of us are truly, really looking for. Yeah. 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 Boy, I appreciate you. Love you too. <laughs> I should uh, mention that we have a sponsor. <laughs> That's a good I always, idea. I always get into these conversations. Um, and I'm really grateful for our sponsor, um, Fire and Bliss. I don't know if you've been to fireandbliss.com, but if you haven't, you should go. Uh, fireandbliss.com is a place where uh, they have artists um, and art collections from uh, Black and Indigenous people of color and all the queers. And the artists actually get the money that you pay for the art. So... Um, I have curated a collection there you can go look at. And if you use the coupon reveal, uh, when you check out, you get 20% off your first purchase. So um, we appreciate them so much and appreciate an opportunity to actually know where to go and buy art, where we can get right. it from people who are uh, getting the money for their art and their, exactly their queer the artists artist. and they're exactly the artists we want to come. We want to yes. see. So yeah, That's it's pretty awesome. cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, so can you tell people where to find you? Because I know you have lots of things in the world you're doing and lots to share with the world and I want them to know you. So, yeah, I think the best place to go is to somaticcoachingacademy.com. Uh, that is our, our big brand new baby. It's an evolved brand for us in a way that people can, uh, learn about how to work with their sensations to heal and, uh, transform patterns in their lives. All the patterns, even the one you're classically trained for. <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And even as practitioners, right, Jay? I mean, I think that's so important to me mm -hmm. that as coaches, as therapists, as people who do this work professionally, we're yeah. constantly in the, you know, uh, walking the talk and all of that stuff. Like we actually really do this. I think 100%. that- I have I to do it. it we ha <laughs> good we Lord. Have to. And yes. yeah, good Lord is right. <laughs> and I think it's such a wonderful thing as a professional to be really in it mm. with the people who were helping to hold their hands for them um, in their own life transformations. Like, it's mm -hmm. like, we're all in this together. It, to me, it's this real practical sense of oneness that we talk about. Mm -hmm. Um 
that just makes me smile on a daily basis. I love it. Yeah. I mean, for me, there's, there's this amazing thing happening where I have, um, I mean, I've got a million plates I'm spinning like usual, um, but not doing anything I don't love. And part of that is this whole new level of authenticity for myself, because I'm practicing this unbelievable level of self-compassion and and love that I've never experienced before. (laughs) And I think a lot of that has to do with gender in the sense that going off the testosterone has me back to feeling like a a Mm -hmm. new version of my old self. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. It so does. Yeah. It so does. What? uh, Yeah. I mean, I love, I love every story you tell. Um, And it's such a, it's so interesting, right? Because when we get some space from who we are in, in different capacities and we see, then we have more information, I think, mm-hmm. you know, through contrast or whatever. Yeah. Um, I love hearing about how much you love your body and yourself and your life and your relationships and things, uh, especially now that you're off testosterone. It's just so, it's such a, oh, it's just so lovely and delicious. I will tell you, um, my, like most women, I'm a little frustrated right now because I have been in my peri, in my perimenopausal year. Like, you know, you have to go a year. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad. Did I tell you this, that I will start my period yesterday? No. Fuck. <laughs> In May, it would have been a year. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. In May, people, I would have gone a year and I would have been in full on menopause. Yeah. Right. Because that's, that's the deal in case people don't understand. Like when a woman, you know, when the period stops, the deal is you go period free for an entire year. And that means you're officially in menopause, like it's done. So I went nine full months and then I'm like sliding wow. into home base. Right? I'm like, yes, I'm coming around the corner. And no. on Valentine's day. <laughs> on Valentine's day. Yeah. It was a red Valentine. Uh-huh. That's, mm-hmm. that's hilarious. Lovely. Isn't that yeah. awesome? Yeah. Happy Valentine's day. Happy Valentine's day. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, more of an opportunity to love your body i know right and (laughs) another and another reason why again it's so important i have friends like you um and i have just a few other girlfriends that i can really like like i can share this stuff with because men don't get this no men don't have a clue what this is like yeah (laughs) it's just you can't talk to guys about this. I even, when I was a dude, would try to have conversations with men about things like that. And they're just like, gross. Oh, I don't. Would you uh, really? Oh, God. That's... I always tried to have just real conversations with men all the time until That's I stop. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a few. You right. know, I have a few really good friends, you yeah. know, men friends. Yeah. Um, but the, the most of them are not trained for that. Yeah. They're not trained. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're trained to very early on to be like, Ooh, yeah, girl no. stuff. Don't talk to me about that. Right. You know, or whatever it is. Cause I've always been fascinated by the body change, you know, the shift from female to male body and how we're all my, you yeah. know, the, and what changed for me emotionally. And, you know, I'll have those conversations with anybody who wants to talk about. <laughs> it is fascinating. I think yeah. the body's fascinating in general. I just, I've always been so fascinated. I think it's beautiful and amazing. And yeah, I have my own body stuff too, that comes up from time to time. If I can remember, I'll look at myself like I would anybody else. Mm-hmm. 
fat bodies are so amazing. I've loved listening to your journey uh-huh. because it's, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Physiology. So cool. Yeah. And I've even got that, what I came to in the last year with this new journey that I've had around self-love and self-compassion is the size is a very interesting thing Mm. around perception of size and then also actual size. Like, so Mm -hmm. when I was a small, I was a small person my whole life. I was 4'11", my freshman year of high school. Were you really? Yeah. I was a tiny person. (laughs) Yeah. And not in my world. Right. I've never been, oh, yeah. you know, mm-mm. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> and so I have a kid now who's 12 and yeah. who put on my, or I kept my, and I wish I'd have kept more of it, but I only thing I kept from the military is I have one hat and I have one, I have two, what they call BDU shirts, but they're kind of jackety, <laughs> you know, but the, in the army, they're battle dress uniforms, they're, they're shirts and they button down, they have my name prior here on my on the pocket. Right. Yeah. And so uh, I gave them to my kids. So each one of my kids has a jacket that says prior and they fit them. Uh, wow. Really? They're 12. Yeah. Wow. I was, eight, <laughs> I was 18. Yeah. Right. right. I not ever was that small in my mind. Right. Right. That's fascinating. Right. It, it, just how people, just how humans develop, right? Like Brian stopped growing. I think he said in like the fourth or fifth grade, he was, were each five, four. So he reached five, four and like, but I was also four eleven until I was 15 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then I grew one summer, like a boy, I grew in four inches between my freshman and sophomore year. I grew for like five inches. I got size C tits and hips. Isn't that, wow. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, you were, you were in middle of high school. I was a, it was, it was a year between my uh, freshman and sophomore year. Interesting. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was. Yeah. <laughs> and it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah, me. Yeah. 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 So I have a picture of that kid. Actually. I don't know if you can see this. Can you see this? No, I had to put up the camera. Ooh. I can. Oh, there you it go. Popped Ooh. in and out. It did, didn't it? There you go. That's yeah. me. From that's me from at like school? 15 yeah uh-huh. the kid i hated the most yeah yeah, yeah i yeah. keep it and send it love now yes. <laughs> yeah it's a good practice yeah so. <laughs> i have to remind my kids i have a 14 year old and a 16 year old like this is hard times i don't know anybody else i don't know anybody who would say oh send me back to eighth grade send me back to sophomore year mm-hmm. like you know you don't hear adults it's hard times yeah, nobody wants to go keep back on there. going, keep kiddos. On going. Yeah. Keep on going. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. All right, my friend. Well, thanks for being on my show. I appreciate so much you coming on. Is there anything last things you'd like to share with our audience? I, you know, I I think that for no matter how you were conditioned, I think it's such a um, remarkable thing for each of us to decide that we're going to look at our conditioning. It's really the the word, the right word is escaping me like valiant kind of thing. Like it's, it's, um, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to, you choose to, and it's really remarkable. And it's the thing I think that does help us to taste 
rather than achieve, right? Like taste and, and enjoy these, these states that we really wish when we really do look at our conditioning. And I think, you know, people like yourself, Jay, allow us to get a different perspective and getting different perspectives allows us to see different aspects of ourselves that we, we wouldn't, you know? So, um, so I appreciate you in, in, in being able to see those different aspects of me that without our relationship, I wouldn't be able to see. Well, I appreciate you being in my life. Thank you. So give my love to the family and Brian. Will do. All right. Love you. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the gender reveal party podcast. I hope you loved it. And if you did, would you take a second and go do all the things like subscribe, rate, review, tell all your friends? Apparently, if you do that, the podcast platforms are more likely to share it. And if you think these stories are important, please take three minutes to just go do that. I'd really appreciate it. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social. On Instagram and Facebook, I'm at The Gender Reveal Party. And on Twitter, I'm at Prior J. It's a real joy and privilege to bring you this podcast. Come back soon. Love you, bye.